Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Nobody wins unless everybody wins. This is your time. We're in this game. An impossible goal. These guys are good. Scary good. And this crowd is going bananas. As they say in hockey, let's do that hockey. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Line Change, the NHL betting podcast from the Action Network. My name is Michael Leboff, and joining me for an abbreviated episode as we wind down the league, uh, looking forward to the All-Star break this coming weekend, are Tim Kalinowski and Nick Martin. Only two games to discuss for Tuesday night. Uh, we'll go into both of those, uh, talk about if we like any betting angles. Uh, those are the Blue Jackets taking on the Blues in St. Louis. Columbus is plus 154. St. Louis minus 185, total six and a half there. And then Seattle is a big road favorite in San Jose, minus 218. Uh, Sharks are plus 180. The total is hanging at six for that one. Uh, we're going to also use today's episode to reset on the Eastern Conference, uh, talk some futures uh, in the East. And then for tomorrow's episode, we'll preview the three-game slate. And, uh, of course, we'll, we're going to go deep into that uh, Super Bowl between the Sharks and Ducks. And we'll also talk about the Western Conference futures and anything uh, we have to say there. Uh, so before we get to the East and reset uh, the futures board for the second half, we'll talk about Blue Jackets and Blues. It's it's just becoming a theme on this podcast that when Columbus, especially gets a team like St. Louis, who, who are hot right now, they are on points percentage in the playoffs in the Western Conference. They're getting uh, a really good season from Robert Thomas and the the. The depth players have been playing better. A good, I guess, a good new coach bounce for the first couple. You know, what's whatever it's been four or five weeks under Drew Bannister. Major uh, power play turnaround. Yeah, Major. power plays turning around, which uh, I guess shouldn't have been a huge surprise given what we've seen from this team. Uh, with like this, crazy, uh, yeah, <laughs> like thirtieth like to like second. Crazy. That said, I think that these are the spots we generally lean towards betting Columbus uh, because of their scrappy nature. Uh, they did score a win over last week when we were talking about this angle in uh, Calgary. They played pretty well against Edmonton. They took Vancouver to the bitter end uh, as well on the road. So this is just the type of situation. These are the type of situations we look for at Columbus. So it's not my favorite bet on the Blue Jackets. I've had my fair share of them this season, but I, I still think Nick, it's, it's hard to find a way in on St. Louis and much easier to find one on Columbus here at this price. Yeah, I would say Columbus surpassed, but are we probably pumping it up on a normal slate? I don't know. Um, the, so for Columbus, this is three and four, end of a long Western swing. Like I wouldn't be surprised to see them just kind of get run out of the building here. But the other thing is with St. Louis, I think they've been on a super lucky heater here. Like this is... And it's funny, right around the time we said their their power play is going to heat up and this is a team that's traditionally outscored expectations and they can move the puck enough to create chances that are undervalued. 
all of that good stuff. That's exactly what they've done in all of these 4-3 overtime wins where they were probably not the better team for much of the game at all. And their big stars came up with some big plays. But that's not a case to bet them here. I think I think we'll probably see them getting like pumped up a little bit given the number and, and how bad Columbus's reputation is. But yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't uh, be playing the Blues at this number. Yeah, I mean, honestly... I was getting really excited to at the halfway point of this podcast, like, you know, I was kind of being quiet about it, lurking in the weeds that since joining um, this group, I had had, you know, my best NHL betting season of my life. And I was kind of like, well, well, you know, what a great success story that I was kind of dealt this hand of, you know, being with you guys every, every day or so during the week and forcing me to be, be a better handicapper and all that. And, um, a lot of that has gone out the window in the last week. It has been really, really tough. And I think just it, 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 a note, I, I'm in the dumps, man. I am just, I'm beside myself. It, I, I would say that one of the things I kind of think I'm going to learn and take away from the this little stretch here is that I kind of underestimated teams heading into the all-star break that were just kind of hanging on by a thread and like begging for that break that you know they'd kind of run out of gas maybe they're overachieving think of teams like philadelphia who i was you know trying to zig while everyone zagged of like they're going to come down to earth and being like no no no, this is still like a great team to back because of their effort night in and night out and, and you know there's a lot of talk about uh teams that sell at the end of this at the end of the regular season it's like oh yeah fade these teams they're done they're quitting and like maybe there's not enough emphasis put on heading into the all-star break. And that's kind of what I look at with Columbus here and the three and four. It's like, let's just get the hell out of here. Like we're playing one more on the road here. We're banged up. Like we're, you know, depth wise with the line, a thing, like it's been a long season with the goaltender stuff. Like for me, I'm like, this team just wants to get the hell out of here. Come on. Right. One more game to the all-star break and get a nice, you know, 10 days off wherever it is. Like, I think I underestimated kind of that with a lot of teams, honestly. Yeah, and I mean, I'll defend you, Tim. How many of the those picks did you probably have like twenty percent value compared to close, or from when you bet compared to close and lost in overtime on a zillion of them? The one thing that I will throw out too that I think is a really relevant game note on this one is uh, Merzlikens and Tarasov have pretty drastic splits. I feel like it wasn't getting like it hasn't gotten that much credit. I threw it out there before Sunday's game how different the two had been. And I think it is kind of notable because I feel like a lot of the times you hear people who are like, so, you know, they're waiting for the goalie confirmation and and fair enough. And it doesn't seem like you get that with this, but Tarasov has an 881 save percentage. So um, probably is one of those teams now where you want to pay attention to who's going to start. One thing I, I've learned uh, this NHL season, Tim, is uh, the more people say things are going to change, the more they're just going to stay the same. Mm. Uh it's insane to me that we're we're looking at, I don't know, six or seven teams in the East particularly that are having like the same exact season that they had last year where they swore off it. Like, we're never doing this again. Columbus, yeah. Ottawa. I mean, the Islanders are having it. The, the Penguins are similar, having like a similar season to what they did. Uh, even the Caps, Nick, like I was this gonna is say, exactly the same thing yeah. as last year. The Bruins in a good way. It's bizarre that this league everyone was like this is the one this is the this is the season where the eastern conference gets absolutely shaken up and this team does this and this team does that and columbus puts pressure on and 
even the Lightning and the Rangers, you can throw in those yep. exact yeah, quotes. Exactly. The Rangers are the exact same team, like all the same strengths, the same arguments why you're probably thinking they can't win the cup. And the same thing in Tampa, I think, too, yep. where like they're getting a little hype Detroit, hot right now. Like Detroit yeah. had their hot streak, like right around this part of the season last year. And then in, in February and March came back down. It's maybe really just the Devils, I guess. Yeah. the de- Like I was going to say, there's like three teams in the East that are having different, very different seasons. It's uh, the Devils. Uh, the Flyers, and you could say the Panthers too. Um, because even the Sabres, right? The Sabres were kind of middling and then they got hot in the stretch. <laughs> Everything's been the same. The Canadians, oh, look at them scrappy around the playoff cut line. This team is so, you know, so scrappy. Then they the bottom falls out. It's it's nuts that the Eastern Conference could just end up shaking out the exact same way uh, here with like one exception. So you just like flip Florida and Toronto. Um, yeah. It's I feel like we were really good at identifying a lot of those spots too throughout the like beginning part of the season. Like, no, 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 now the time's like whatever. But I'm just so sick of trying to chase your islanders, so sick of trying to chase um saving like Tampa Bay, the senators. Like it's just been really like again, I think I think I especially with these thinner teams, underestimating like like when they have injuries or, or, you know, someone leave or whatever, like that their depth is takes a yep. bigger hit than, than these other, than, than a, than a top team. Right. Right. Um, okay. Let's talk Seattle and uh, San Jose front end of a back-to-back for the sharks. Uh, Nick, you were talking that before we got on here that you think uh, backing the Kraken uh, to cover the puck line could be a, a way to have some action on a pretty lonely slate here on Tuesday night. Yeah, the you can get the Kraken are at plus one twenty eight to cover the puck line as of recording. I don't mind that. That would be my favorite side or total out of these two games, which I mean everyone knows they're pretty bad games. But like Tim talked about, with teams just looking to get to the All Star break, maybe that's the Sharks here. The Kraken are now healthy. They and like we said with some teams, like they really have just followed their injuries pretty accurately because. Um, they're they're scorching hot and probably a little lucky to get on that nine game win streak and thirteen game point streak like they did. They they weren't playing that well, um, but since they got the bodies back in the lineup, they smoked Chicago. They looked solid versus St. Louis in a tough loss, and then they um, had a good win last night over the Blue Jackets. And with Burakovsky back in the mix, they're now healthier than they've really been at any point recently. So, because um, I think it's just uh, Belmar who's out. So I I don't mind the crack in here. Like if I. I mean, I'm I'm gonna end up playing it just given the slate and the fact that we're heading for even just nothingness after that in the NHL. So, yeah, I like that here, and I think that would be my favorite look of the night. I'll, I'll add something into that, Nick. If you're going that way, um, you know, a lot of these, a lot of these books every every night or every other night offer a lot of these, you know, same game parlay boosts and parlay boosts stuff like that. Um, as you're talking, I just went, um. Sharks cracking under six, but cracking puck line and got a uh, price of plus 380. So just a small play for me. Like, I feel like that's kind of the, that's, if you think Seattle's going to win, that's kind of the route. They, it's going to be them shutting down um, San Jose and, and capitalizing um, on their chances with a very, very limited San Jose team, to say the least. Yeah, I don't hate either if you wanted to like sprinkle on like Kraken by three, Kraken by four. Like I think it could be one where if this take is correct, then uh, the Sharks just completely aren't there. Because this is, 
these are two huge points for the Kraken. I know we don't want to always overrate that, but like they can't look past this game. They need to get this win and then get into the All-Star break. They're right there. They're climbing. What is, yeah, it's going to be a really fun uh, second half for that final West uh, wildcard spot because they're right there with the Blues. Okay, uh, let's talk uh, futures, awards. We'll try to focus this one on the East. We'll talk West tomorrow. Uh, along that same theme of uh, the more things change, or the more things people say they change, the more they stay the same. Last year around this part of the season, the awards races were all wrapped up, and we had an odds-on favorite for basically everything. I don't think it's as drastic this year, but we have an odds-on favorite for basically every award. It's you know Tockett, it's Hellebuck, it's uh, McKinnon, it's Bedard, uh, it's Matthews for the Rocket, it's uh, Quinn Hughes for the, the Norse, so just odds-on favorites everywhere. But we'll... Uh, I think we're going to probably focus more on, on some team-based futures uh, for this one. And we'll start with, uh, Nick, the Carolina Hurricanes. You have them circled as a potential buy in the Stanley Cup mark. Yeah, for all the futures we gave out at the start of the year that are looking trashy, like the Senators, I am sticking with the Canes have drifted to plus 1,200. I think that's the best cup outright on the board. This team, they it looks like just like Edmonton to me. I'm not saying they're going to get moved to plus 700 that quick. But they're just completely dummying teams right now, and no one's playing at their level. Like I think, obviously, the goaltending is a massive flaw. But like, even if it's some combination of Ranta trying to go in, I don't hate this number. It's not the worst. They can win with this. They're, they really didn't have better last year by that much. And then the other thing is, you think they probably have to try to identify some other goaltending they can bring in and make work. So... For me, this is just perfectly fine either way, but I think there's a ton of, like a really decent chance that the Canes just roll into the playoffs as the East's top team. I think that's really realistic that they could be favored in the first round in uh, or favored over any Eastern team all three rounds. So to me, this number jumped out. Like I'm looking at it right now, they're longer than the Rangers, which is crazy. I think they'd be favored over them. I still think the Bruins are playing really, really well, and they've got the goaltending, but I still think the Hurricanes are a more complete team than them, and they're just trending up right now. They've been to the playoffs. They've battled through it. They've, they, you know, they're experienced on that front, so I think if you're someone who kind of wants to give some credit to that, they have that, and we know they can do it there. I think they've kind of been a couple bounces away from better. Like It's crazy to say, but we, you know, we talked about it at the time. Last year, they could have gotten by Florida or at least been in a series. And I think they're kind of primed to finally break through. So to me, this just looks like the one number that I'm like, by the time the playoffs start, I bet the Hurricanes will be like eight uh, eight to one. So that's my favorite cup bar eight. I feel like you're just betting, does Carolina solve the goaltending issue? <laughs> like, And, and they do. They're still smoking teams right now. Like, it's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I mean, I'm not going to tell you you're wrong. Personally, I can't endorse this team without a goalie, without some sort of sure thing in net. So, and the 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 Hurricanes, you know, in the past few trade deadlines have been, I would say, like fairly conservative. You know, they 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 they're a team that kind of like continues on the path. And I think I have a Hurricanes friend, and maybe he's basically the leave off of the Hurricanes, and maybe it's just his, his frustration that's uh, permeating me. But the fact that you know, they do have some space. They have, you know, picks at their disposal. Are they finally going to gonna do it, right? And we all know the goalie market's going to be pretty expensive, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. And, and and I don't even think the upgrade has to be massive. I think of, like, Jake Allen to me. 
Yeah, with, yeah. Right? Because the, the chances are that you can roll with Allen, Kachetkov, and Ranta, Anderson. Two of those guys should be able to see you through if you're dominating at five on five like they do. Um, but you are right. They they are pretty well known for, in a weird way, just like not tr- not trying to win at the trade deadline and and we give teams a lot of credit like the the Kemp Kempney move is uh that the Capitals made when they won the Stanley Cup the Barbashev move for the Knights like those are the ones that usually put you over the top and it's almost like they try to get too cute by finding that type of trade yeah. uh rather than being like you have a you have a clear need here like in goal like go address it you, it's it's a little different yeah. from from trying to do that but my like argument against all of that would be we've seen like they're better this year I think can be better than they were and we've seen them get in the playoffs and just crumple teams like they could have i just think that this is it's too long like this team's going to enter the playoffs power rated top three and even if you have the goaltender they have you're still getting a pretty good price here so they've i think at some point everyone's pumped up picking them to win the cup in like the last four years because they always just get to a point where they just look like the best team but more than ever i think they have all the upside um, with kind of some of the young players primed and, and Aho looking like he's ready to lead them there. So, and playing out of the Metro is a huge plus. Yeah, this, I, this I would season, say for sure. Right? Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a great for, it's huge because first or second place in the Metro right now means it's, there's, I think a little bit of a difference between the two because you get the, the home ice both, you know, all the way through, but yeah, I mean, you're going to play at least how it looks now. Obviously there's still a lot of time runway left of the season, but finishing first and playing a team like you know whoever detroit tampa the islanders in that second wild card spot or finishing second and playing playing uh some combination of you know the one scary team would be de- the devils i guess is is the only scary thing that would maybe and be- the assumption there would be the devils figured it out and right. or got well, a goalie yeah. and on top of that that's probably played playoff style hockey for 20 games yeah. Right. Yeah, that's looking further and further away, especially right. with all the moving parts. And like you look at what Carolina did to them last year, they pretty much just slapped them. Like, yeah, finishing two in the Metro is looking pretty sweet. That'd yep. be a pretty good proposition for any that's team. A, that's a good point because I think that the prevailing narrative, because for the past five years, it's been the Metro's been a gauntlet, will we'll still be there. Like people will be like, oh man, the Metro's going to be a an absolute you know slugfest. And then you look at the teams, you're like, there's one good team in the Metro right now. So <laughs> I don't know what, what, uh, if that's still true. Uh, all right, Tim, you wanted to, to look at some, some make miss numbers and, and have a conversation about those. Uh, what do you got for us? Yeah. Well, speaking of basically the Metro, these are all essentially Metro teams. Uh, th- this East, I- I'm trying to kind of project, um, when you talk about cup futures, like Nick mentioned, I'm trying to look at what the, who the books think are, are going, is going to get in, are going to get in. And, you know, Philly is still in a playoff spot, but they're now plus 140 to make the playoffs. So, you know, the, the books are telling you better chance than not Philly's not making it. And then I'm like, well, who's, who's taking their, who's taking their spot. You look at Pittsburgh, they're minus 150 to make, which is super interesting. This Penguins team, we could do three hours on them alone. The Devils, despite all of their, um, you know, deficiencies and how it's gone for them, injuries, et cetera, they're, you know, minus minus 115 to make it. Like, I I don't – I'm basically just trying to pinpoint the team that's going to replace Philly here. Detroit's plus 130. Your Islanders leave off and get it uh, plus 300. So I know I just listed off a lot of numbers for you, but – I'm basically asking who's who not to bet it, but who's your kind of pick to fill this whole thing out. Do we believe in 
in the devils as much as the books because to me i'm kind of scratching my head like when is it gonna come if it's happening right yeah oh i mean it just got and apparently they're shopping for a center which makes sense but the situation just got a lot worse they just lost a center that had been really really competent for them so i mean obviously they i don't know what the word is on jack hughes that's kind of the most important thing like, like you if they don't get him back soon they're not making it and i think the penguins thing like you can't bet that they're in a good situation with the games played but they're definitely getting some credit for the underlying process which continues to not produce actual wins so oh i don't know the islanders or the penguins it's it's crazy that the three spot in the metro could end up just being like a complete joke where it's like one of these things where they probably are going to have less points than both wild card spots is is the potential and i think oh i don't know like as low as we've been on the red wings i almost kind of like their chances more than some if they were in that div i would i would like kind of like their chances i think uh yeah i think nick you put it perfectly like if you're if you're putting odds aside i think the pick most people would just say pittsburgh right but i think when you when you factor in the odds they in you and you're offering the devils and you have to pay vig on the devils and then you have to pay a minus 150 on uh pittsburgh uh most people would then say okay like the islanders are probably the best uh bet of that bunch but it is. It's just a good time to remind people just how long, like it seems like we're because because we've played so many games and we've done so many podcasts. We we meet three times a week during the NHL. The NHL is such a grind. It feels like we should be closer to the end of the season than we actually are. Um, we're not there. And you look at the 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 Penguins have a pretty tough schedule coming out of the break. I want to read you what Detroit has to deal with. So they play Ottawa on Wednesday night, um, and then coming out of the break. Home to Vancouver, at Edmonton, at Vancouver, at Calgary, at Seattle, home to Colorado. Uh, then it's like Blues, Capitals, Islanders. So it's it's a gauntlet for for the Red Wings where you could see them just coming hard back down to earth and being sucked back into the pat into that pack. Do we trust the Lightning? I don't know. Like it's it's almost to the point where I I would just be like, stay as far away from these numbers as possible because it's 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 really 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 hard to I think odds aside pick the right question and then when you factor in odds trying to find value yeah and to to piggyback on that what i think the this like kind of break here is is good to do is is kind of like the the scouting of what you just said leave off like oh if detroit's plus 130 and i'm like oh yeah detroit's playing well like pull up the damn schedule and see what it's gonna take because even if you like the red wings you're really high on them you might just be better served waiting like what hey why is this team at that number pop up the schedule take a look like you, you, maybe maybe you're better served betting that team just money line every, every other night like it, it's it's kind of like you know just a it's a good tool to use as as a forecast for yourself what do the odds makers think and am i wrong are the odds makers wrong are we both wrong like who because that Detroit thing, I was like, wow, I really like how they're playing. And then you read me that schedule. It's like, yeah, well, uh, thanks, but no thanks. I'll see you March 1st when, <laughs> when I take a different look at where they are. Yeah, well, and the other thing that I think is kind of a good tie-in, like when we're talking, I feel like the overarching like theme of what we're getting at is here that the numbers look right and that you don't need to bet any of these and just hand off some free vig to the books when you don't think you have an edge. And I do think this is a good time to kind of tie in a point on NHL betting that we've been seeing a lot him in uh like you want to bet less when you don't think you have an edge right don't bet more when you think you're off like especially kind of with picks we give out the day before and if the number moves like tim if i'm going to offer you a price on a coin flip 
and I'm going to offer you tails at plus 110. Obviously, you're going to hammer it, right? You have a guaranteed edge. You know it. Whatever you're comfortable with in terms of that, you're going to take it on. But if the number moves and I'm offering it to a minus 102, then you're just an idiot if you take it, right? So, like, right. I think this is, like, kind of an important concept when you're thinking about, like, um, if you're always going to bet to win one unit, especially, and the number moves and the the number's just corrected. I think that's kind of an interesting thing to keep in mind, especially when you're talking about uh, juiced prices. It's it's It sucks. It's hard. <laughs> I, I am fucked. <laughs> Well, especially when every game's a shootout and so marginal too, right? Like I feel like half the games we bet on is like an overtime or a shootout. So even if you're, you know, doing it pretty recreationally, it's like, frick, you got to try to get good numbers because it's it's really close out there this year. And having multiple outs, you got, it's just like half the game. Having multiple outs here. Some of these lines, they're completely different. One place to another place. Um, don't be like me. Continue to chase the Kings. That's been, um, you know, can't wait to talk about them on tomorrow's episode. <laughs> that that team had enough of them. Um, okay. Uh, before we get out of here, I'll just quickly run through um, the Eastern odds. Uh, so the Hurricanes and the Bruins and the Panthers uh, are co-favorites at uh, the book. I'm looking at their five to one each at FanDuel. The Rangers are right behind them at plus 550. Then it's the Leafs at six. Lightning 10 to 1, Devils 12 to 1, Penguins 13 to 1, the Islanders Flyers at 30, and the Red Wings are at 45. Uh, so it does seem like we're we're at the point now where the, the East has separated into some sort of class system, but I would argue that there's a couple teams that are being priced. I like the Bruins, the Hurricanes to me, and the and the Panthers. Those are the three best teams in the East right now. Uh, I don't think that the Rangers Leafs deserve to be as close as they are. Um and then the Lightning. I, I couldn't tell you where to put the lightning. I couldn't tell you. Feels like we could be talking here on, you know, May 10th and being like, well, here the lightning are in the Eastern Conference final again. How did we get here? Um, <laughs> and, but I don't know. So you it should blink. be a fun race. Uh, uh, sorry, you blink. They're minus 400 to make the playoffs now. It's I mean, crazy. what? Two weeks. That's all it took. I guess so that's the other conversation you have is like, do you want to bet against anybody to make the playoffs? I guess you could flip the conversation going that way. And the lightning would be the team that I would probably try to take on in that market. But even so, like now they've given themselves a bit of a cushion and uh doesn't look all that appealing. I mean, the Leafs are, yeah. um, wait, 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 the Leafs are um, seven to one. No, make the playoffs. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I think tomorrow, yeah, to the West combo will be fun because I think that wild card race is a, a fun debate. I kind of yeah. like all those. And like Tim too. said, the, the Kings conversation is fascinating because I think when you talk about it from a betting perspective, it becomes very different, right? Like everyone's right. like, oh my God, what are the Kings going to do? What are the Kings going to do? And we're sitting here thinking, got time to bet them. Uh, all right, so we'll, we'll get into that uh, and we'll talk about the three Wednesday games uh, tomorrow. Uh, if you forgot be, during this con futures conversation, Nick... Uh, and Tim, we're talking about betting the Kraken in a route against the Shark. I think I'll be on the Blue Jackets once again. And uh, that'll do it for Tuesday. We'll be back for Wednesday. Then we'll take our All-Star break and be back next week. So for Nick and Tim, I'm Mike. Action Network reminds you, please gamble responsibly. If you or someone you care about has a gambling problem, help is available 24-7 at 1-800-GAMBLER.